Hello and welcome to this week's episode of 321 Go Podcast. We are joined by Julie Fouché. Uh, we all know and love her and uh, both Clay Weldon, the, the founder of 321 Go Project, and Julie Weldon will be interviewing Julie today. It is an awesome interview. It's a, it was actually kind of great to sort of pick up and catch up with what, what Julie has been up to uh, over these last couple years as she's finishing up med school. So if you haven't yet, check out Julie's website, juliefouché.com. She's got a lot of projects going on. Uh, she's providing some awesome programming for people that are as busy as she was during med school, which is great. Uh, and uh, she's doing a, a podcast as well, Pursuing Health, which I really like. So the main thing that we're talking about today is this idea of a clear mission in life and how it directs you to the decisions that you make. I love this. There's this exercise that, that we actually do, and, and this somebody on my staff here uh, clued me in on this exercise, and it's just sort of this, this why exercise. And, you know, we, we talk all the time about, hey, you need to know your why. You got to have your why. And that's like, uh, it's, it's all fine and dandy. Like, like, I get that, right? But it's, it's weird. We, we tend to have the conversation about our mission and our why when things are going great. And there's never this. And sometimes if, if that's not your actual clear why, you know, when you're experiencing difficult times, that can break down you know if you're really just trying to pay the bills you know that why and that mission may not actually be the mission may not actually be your why so i love this exercise that um and so we actually did this in one of our staff meetings so you just kind of essentially ask why multiple times until you can no longer ask why again i'd encourage you to do it and maybe just start off with why did you start a gym Oh, because I want to help people. Why do you want to help people? Because uh, I want them to be healthier. Why do you want other people to be healthier? And just ask yourself, why, 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 why? Until ultimately you land on something. You'll ultimately land somewhere after about four or five whys that kind of gets to the root of why you're actually doing something. It's an awesome exercise. And if you can stand the honesty of it, you may get to a pretty revelatory place here. So um, the great, great show with Julie, and we can't thank her enough. So just a couple of announcements here. If you're not yet, hop into our hub platform, 321goproject.com slash hub. Your first month is only $10. Get in there. Check it out. Download the templates. Hell, download all of the templates if you want, and then cancel. I think you'll probably want to stick around, <laughs> uh, learn about marketing, learn about uh, business systems, learn about automations, learn about websites, learn about leadership, learn about finding a clear mission and purpose, or just download templates. It really, I mean, sky's the limit. You can also uh, watch a Q&A with Julie if you'd like to do that. That is in there. Uh, if you are a member of the Hub, we have a gathering coming up, folks. Uh, so it's actually right around the corner. So November 17th through the 19th in Charleston, South Carolina, our sole focus will be on execution. Education is awesome, guys. I get it. Like, I get it. You want to learn more knowledge, but 
You have to do something. You have to take action. You have to fail. You have to learn from it. And the sooner that you can get on board with the process of taking action, failing, and learning from it, the better your business is going to be long-term. So that's going to be our main focus for this thing. Again, link in the show notes, November 17th to the 19th. Our focus will be on execution in the new year. So people are going to be interested in their fitness in the new year. Our plan is for you to walk away with just step-by-step execution as you leave this thing. And hopefully you execute, you absolutely We'll see a massive return on investment from this thing. A big thank you to our partner, InBody USA, for helping bring today's show. Uh, for our listeners, they are offering to pay your first monthly installment of a 24-month zero-interest payment plan. They're also going to extend your warranty for a second year for free. So InBodyUSA.com, if you want to learn more, you can email my buddy John Ross. His email address is in the show notes. You can email me if you have questions about it. But check it out. It's a great value add. It's a great way to provide data and awesome client experience to your members. It's not a magic bullet. It's just an addition to the things that you've already got in place. So if you don't have good systems in place, if you don't have a class template, if you don't have staff evaluations, if you don't have a systematic approach for addressing nutrition for your clients, this isn't for you yet. But if you have all of these things in place and you're ready just to provide an awesome data point and experience for your clients, this is an awesome way to do that. So inbodyusa.com to learn more. Enjoy today's show with Julie, Julie and Clay, and we'll see you next week. Hey, we are so excited for you guys to all join us. We've got Julie Fouché joining us, and um, we just have so many great questions to ask her, and I know you guys are super excited to hear what she has to say and what she's up to these days. So, Julie, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Awesome. Why don't you bring us up, up to speed on kind of what you're up to? Sure. So I finally graduated from medical school in May of this year, um, which it was a long road. I took an extra year of med school and my program was already long to begin with. And it was just, I was very happy to finally reach that milestone. And now I have started my residency in family medicine. So that started in July and I'm a couple months into that. So it's taking up most of my time these days. Sounds awesome. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. As far as, um, do you, are you pursuing any uh, business ventures? I know you've got a podcast. Can you tell us about that real right. quick? Sure. So I'm still doing my um, Pursuing Health podcast, which it's been just a little over two years now that we've been doing that every other week. And it has been so much fun. I love doing it. And plan is to continue doing that in, at least in the foreseeable future. Um, and then I also have an online training program. It's called The Train Program. Um, that we administer through Beyond the Whiteboard. And basically my husband and I created it right after I finished competing in CrossFit because we wanted to have really efficient programming that we knew we could do in an hour and get in and out of the gym um, really efficiently but still get a really well-rounded program. And a lot of times we're training at odd hours, not able to make the classes at our local affiliate. And so – that's really where we've been focusing our energy. And it's not only been amazing to develop this online community, but also mm-hmm. it's helped to hold us more accountable to our training too. 
Awesome. Cool. Is there a demographic that you kind of go after with that train program? Typically it is people who have busy schedules. Um, a lot of people who are training in their garage or in their home gym. Um, a lot of people who maybe work from home or can't make it to classes in an affiliate or don't have an affiliate in their town. Um, and that's really what we gear towards. We always would recommend people be at an affiliate if they can. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot, a lot of times people leave and they're like, Oh, I feel bad. I'm leaving, but I'm just, you know, we, we're going back to our affiliate and I'm like, no, that's great. We'd rather you be working out with other people and at your gym and having a coach. Um, but this really just works well for people who can't do that and they need mm -hmm. some accountability and some structure so that they don't have to think about what they're doing in the garage. Um, and we just provide that for them and provide them with timers that kind of act like the coach and keep them on track so that they know they're going to be done in an hour. Awesome. Well, cool. We'll put a link to that in our, uh, on your speaker page so people can check that out. If awesome. They yeah. Thank you. Cool. And awesome. we are coming out. I don't know by the time, um, for this summit, mm -hmm. probably won't be quite ready yet, but we are coming out with a, another program that's going to be even more accessible to people that don't necessarily need to be following it five days a week, but might need something here or there to, um, to do at home if they can't make it to the gym. It sounds good. We'll make sure we include your updated link and kind of the best ways to contact cool. you. So very cool. Um, well, we, as we were thinking, we we're thinking of one of, um, I know you've competed in the games quite a, quite a few times and it's, it's always super fun to watch you. I mean, just your attitude and your personality, like you're actually a personal favorite of my wife um, and my <laughs> old girl, which is really cool. So kudos to you on that. But um, oh, thank how, did, you. how did your experience as like a games athlete, how did all that you went through and all your training, how did that help you transition kind of like, I'm not even going to say the real world, but the real world. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It is. Now that now that I am in the real world, I guess you could say, um, it does feel like a lot of times that was not not real. Just because you're so singularly focused on the one thing of training and qualifying and competing at the games. And so a lot of times it almost makes things easier because you don't have to make a lot of decisions. You just know I'm always going to do what's best for my training or um, what's best to help me reach that goal. And so now that I am no longer have that goal and I'm balancing a lot, probably a lot more things, um, it's definitely different and I think harder in a lot of ways. Um, but I've, all the things that I learned from training and competing, I think carry over and we all see that what we learn in the gym carries over into our mm -hmm. everyday lives. Um, I think some of the biggest things are the patience, um, you know, when you're training, you always want to be seeing results every day and feel like you're moving forward. And a lot of times you have to just look at one day, what's in front of you, what's your training, what's the next thing that you have to do in your training session and not get too overwhelmed by, well, is this going to help me get to the games six months from now or nine months from now? And a lot of times that's how I approach my day-to-day -day life now is it's really easy to get overwhelmed by all the things you have to do or, you know, all the things you don't know or things you have to learn. And instead I try to really just create a plan and then take it one step at a time and focus on what's in front of me. Um, and when you have a bad day or when things, you know, when you're, you don't make a PR or, you know, you're off one day, it's not the end of the world. And I think it's easy to let that happen. Um, especially if you're, if you're in the gym and you feel like you're not making progress, but over my years of training, I've learned to just kind of brush it off and look at the big picture and not to get too caught up in those details. Mm -hmm. 
running a business, um, it brings so many challenges. So a lot of the gym owners that are, are looking at this are, are um, and myself included, running um, three, two, one, go, you're always looking for like that next thing or you may be kind of like so enamored by like whether it's a new technology or some shiny new object that's kind of in your face. Uh, right. so how, how much do you use, how much, how, how do you keep from getting pulled in different directions? I'm sure you get a lot of people like, looking for opportunities or or not looking for opportunities but presenting opportunities to you mm-hmm. like how do you kind of live your life so you don't get distracted by that but you kind of stay um focused that's a really great question so i think the biggest thing is that we because we have an online program we are always asking for feedback from our members and we're trying to communicate with them as much as possible and find out what it is that they need or what would make the experience better for them. Um, and so that is usually what drives anything new that we do, um, as far as the program goes, rather than being approached by some, like something outside or looking at what someone else is doing or getting distracted that way. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing is too, that we're, I've at least the past two years, I've been mostly working on the program by myself and along with my husband. And so we have been very limited on our time. So we try to really focus at what we're doing and doing it the very best that we can and provide the best experience for our members. And sometimes I think we could get overwhelmed because we're like, well, what if we did this? And what if we added this or um, made this other, started this other new project? And it's so, you know, there's endless ideas. We have endless brainstorming and things that we would love to do. But at the end of the day, we're limited. We all only have 24 hours in the day. And so we have Mm. to choose the things that are the highest yield and that we think are going to make the biggest difference. And so Mm. that's what we really, what we really try to do. Um, And even now we're probably doing way too much. (laughs) We always have um, way too many things, kind of irons in the fire, but we really try to just prioritize them based on what's the most important, get that done first and not get too, um, too overwhelmed by like how long things take to accomplish or, um, you know, other things that we think we should be doing right now. Mm-hmm. So your sorry, like, um, so your title of this session is a clear mission in life directs the mm-hmm. decisions you make. So what's your mission in life that directs all the decisions that you and your husband are making? That's a really great question. So I actually, really it's been an amazing journey to kind of figure out and I'm sure this mission might change over the next years of my life too but I really credit CrossFit and my experience competing and helping me start even asking that question and figuring it out because it was a couple years I think it was around 2012 or so that I I really had to stop and ask myself that question because I was getting to a point where I wasn't really enjoying competing and I was I wasn't really sure why I was doing or why it was important to me. Um, And that was at a time when medical school was getting really hard too. So I really had to stop and ask myself that question. And I realized that I was competing in CrossFit because I wanted to, one, I wanted to obviously push the boundaries of my body and what it was capable of. And it was an amazing opportunity to do that. But I think more importantly, I realized the platform that competing in the CrossFit games affords you. And I saw that, in that space, you can have such an influence, a positive influence on other people, and you can inspire them to be better, and you can inspire them to be healthier, and not necessarily 
all to be competitors, but just to be healthier in their own lives. And so that's when I really started to realize that what I was doing in medicine and what I was doing in CrossFit were really both part of the same goal and the same mission. And that's really inspiring and empowering other people to become healthier and to live more fulfilling lives. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. It's really guided all of our decisions. um, That's so awesome. And I think so many CrossFit gym owners are sort of are maybe in the same boat as you where they started it because they had a passion and -hmm. then it's gotten overwhelmed and there's been something else that sort of took over. And so it's, it's coming back to exactly like you did. What is my mission? And they, they overlap often, you know, what's going on in your personal life often overlaps in your business life. It's so true. And it's so true that, that a lot of times you can't, you can't always figure it out right away off the bat until you get to a place where you have to figure it out. Like I started competing and I was like, Oh, this is great. It's fun. I like being in the gym. I'm good at it. Of course, I'm going to keep going every year and go back, try to qualify to the games. And then you finally get to a point where it gets hard. And I think that point is, was when, um, I was in starting med school. And so now I had these two stresses and all of a sudden life became very difficult because I didn't have, um, a lot of like free time for other things. And so that's when I had to answer that question. And once you answer it, it becomes easy again because you know why you're doing it and everything that you're doing has a purpose. And so I think a lot of the same things probably happen as a business owner where you start off and it's kind of the honeymoon phase and you're so excited because you're starting things up and you're really making a huge difference on people's lives. And then there probably comes a point like with anything where it gets challenging. Maybe you have some other things going on in your life. You can't spend as much time working on business as you want to, and you have to stop and ask yourself, what are those priorities and what's your overall mission and what things are you doing in your life that support that? Mm-hmm. That's so good. Hmm. Clay, sorry, I interrupted you. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all right. That's a great question. I know, um, I know you've got your podcast and I know you, you video your podcast as well, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. Um, how do you, with you being, um, with going through medicine, I mean, go through medical school too as well. How do you balance doing that? Because that's a lot of time. Like, do you do all that yourself? Because I think, uh, again, a lot of gym owners, they're, they're teaching their classes. They're doing all that themselves. Some other, uh, are trying to hold down a full-time job as well. You know, like, how do you do that, run that podcast and, and do everything else? Have you got sure. any, any practical advice for gym owners? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is finding help where you can. And obviously when you're getting started, you might not be able to um, pay other people to help you with everything. And I think it's important for you to learn all those different roles that, you know, and what's going on at your gym. But for me, for the podcast, right off the bat, I had had amazing help and support from beyond the whiteboard. So they actually helped me produce the podcast. Mm -hmm. So for me, my time is really spent, um, you know, interviewing the guests and then doing some of the editing or choosing the content that I want to be featured. Um, and after about a year or so of doing that, I actually have found someone else who helps me with some of that process Mm -hmm. as well. And I really just try to streamline it as much as possible so that I am doing the things I absolutely have to be doing Mm -hmm. and not anything more. And it's still a process. Um, Mm -hmm. we're still not hundred percent efficient with it, but that's kind of the goal. And, and my husband and I have also taken that approach with all the other things that we're working on, like the program. Um, 
and we finally just got to the point when I was in, in medical school, especially my last year of medical school, I had a little bit more flexibility um, with my schedule. And so I was able to get ahead on some podcast episodes. I took some amazing trips and was able to interview a lot of guests in person. But now um, I'll probably be doing more Skype interviews this mm-hmm. year. Um, and we really said, okay, once I start residency, I really have to be streamlined with my time. And so finally we were able to start to build a team around us that has been amazing. And so, um, actually his sister, my sister-in-law has been a huge help. Um, and she's someone who has supported our mission from day one and is amazingly talented. And so we were finally able to bring her on part-time to help us. And that's made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Um, especially just because of my day job of residency, that basically when I get home, I have maybe a couple hours each day to work on other things. And it's always a battle between mm-hmm. working out, working on other projects and then spending extra time studying or working on things for residency. And so you kind of, you can't really let any of those mm-hmm. fall. So it's just a battle of figuring out those three, but by streamlining my time, now I know I just have to work on something that absolutely needs my expertise. And I know that um, kind of our team around us is helping to make sure that all the loose ends are being tied up and that we're making progress in the direction that we want to be moving overall. So we know, sorry, based on that, we know how important health is. I mean, obviously you know how important it is. You're an amazing (laughs) So how do you balance those priorities, right? I mean, you've got Like working out, it's top. It's pretty high up there on the list, right? It is. But there's also other things that you need to do, you know, to to move forward. So, how do you balance that? I know a lot of gym owners struggle with that, right? They get mm-hmm. into it because they love working out, they love helping people, and then the business kind of like just sucks all their time, and they're like, they try and throw in a workout really quick when mm-hmm. really that time, not alone from the workout, but just freeing their mind, getting away from that. Like mm-hmm. what's, what's, do you have any advice on that and how do you do yeah, it? I'm, I mean, I'm also struggling with it right now, but I think, I think the biggest thing is, is recognizing what you just said, which is how important it is for your overall health and well-being and your mental health and your sense of clarity and how it will make you be a better business owner and do all the other things that you're doing. And so it doesn't have to be that you're training five or six days a week um, like probably many of your clients are, but maybe coming up with for yourself, like a bare minimum of, I at least have to train three days a week, or Mm -hmm. I'm at least going to do this in this class with my members. Um, and for me, I think it kind of, when I first started my first two months of residency were on a particularly busy rotation and I really got to the point and it's at that point I was choosing between like sleep working on some of these other things and working out and a lot of times there was like everything was an emergency like everything had to be done that day when I got home because I was so behind and I went for at one point I think almost two weeks without working out at all and I just I started feeling so depressed (laughs) like I I felt like I was gonna cry like one day all day for no reason And then I finally went and did a workout at the gym and then I felt completely fine again. And Mm -hmm. I realized you can't like, you have to have a bare minimum. And Mm -hmm. as long as you do that and you don't let yourself fall out of the habit of it, um, you're going to be okay. I think it's when we fall out of the habit, it's really hard to start back up again. Mm -hmm. 
Well, and it's easy to think that you need to take care of everybody else and miss taking care of yourself. When if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of anybody. You know, I mean, so that's the interesting thing. As you were talking, I heard a few things. And it's funny because you sent an email and said, I don't really have much of a business background. (laughs) And I would, I mean, it's so interesting because I would push back on you with that so much. Like, I just feel like what you've communicated is so much of a business mentality, you know, where um, you've like, I've just wrote down five things. You, you plan, like, you know what you need to work on. So you plan, you Mm -hmm. streamline your processes Um, you're organized. So you have to like really manage your time well, because you've got so much going on. Um, You bring the right people around you and then you execute on those things that you plan for. So like, to me, that's business 101 or business 201 in a nutshell. And you're (laughs) just doing that. Like you're just doing it really well and managing really hard things. Mm -hmm. So in that, I think, um, and I'll stop talking because I want you to talk because people want to hear you for sure. Um, but in that, um, what would you advise gym owners if they're going, you know, I don't really know what my purpose is. I don't, I'm kind of lost in this sea. Um, what would you advise them to start with? Like if you're lost and you're discouraged and you're frustrated and it's not what you thought it would be, where mm-hmm. would you advise them to start? I think a lot of, you know, even if it's just informal, like self-reflection, um, writing, journaling, thinking about why it is that you started doing this. Um, I think that, you know, there's more formal, I think you can find a million different ways to, to, or ideas to start jogging your memory. I think at one point I looked at on the Franklin Covey website, there's a series of questions that you can go through. Um, and a lot of them have to do with thinking about, like begin with the end in mind or thinking about um, what would you want people to say about you at your funeral or what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? What do you want to be teaching your children? Um, any of those exercises that can kind of get your mind thinking a little bit about what's most important to you and what, um, what you care about most. And then also inventorying sort of your skills and talents and then seeing where they match up. I think um, And talking to other people, like talking to people who you're close with, who you know you really well, that can help you. A lot of times, I think I learned way more from, like other people, I think, figured out my mission way before I did. Not even people Hmm. that I knew, but people who had seen me competing in CrossFit and seen what I was doing. Like, I think they knew way before I finally figured it out. So sometimes we're the last ones to know. (laughs) That's true. But I appreciate what you said about the business. I definitely don't have a formal business background, but it has been really interesting to learn um, just, you know, the little bit that I have learned. And like I said, it's great to have good people around you. My husband is a lot more business minded, I think, than I am. And then his sister as well has been amazing to to help us. Yeah, I just think you shouldn't sell yourself short because you're... <laughs> You're, you're pretty influential and that's really what business is about, right? Influence and, and building something and being an influence. Um, I have a couple questions to ask you just mm-hmm. from the women's perspective, because there's a growing um, group of women who are running their own boxes. Um, and I think that it's a competitive industry and maybe even male dominated. Um, no, I would say it's a male dominated competitive mm-hmm. industry. So how has that been for you um, to be in this industry that is really competitive. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I think it's interesting. I don't, I guess I don't have quite the same experience not owning a physical um, box um, and just being more of an online program. But I think that it's actually, it's been amazing because it's really allowed me to connect more with women. I think most of, I still have, you know, close to half men, but mostly women who are doing my program. Um, And I think that that's just an extra connection. Like your members can connect with you that way. um, And you can talk about, maybe talk about stuff in a way that you wouldn't otherwise, if you were just talking to a male member. Um, But I think the other thing too, is that CrossFit just in general, how empowering CrossFit is for women. um, That I think it's, you know, compared to maybe a lot of other environments, I think it's probably more well-received. And, you know, hearing about guys for the first time going to the box and trying CrossFit workout and getting beat by a bunch of women and how that's very humbling for them at the beginning. (laughs) I imagine it's probably the same when you're talking about, you know, uh, you're being a business owner as a woman um, in more of a male-dominated industry. But I don't know. I guess I can't speak to it quite as much um, not owning a physical box myself to that point. And I would agree on that point. Um, so being married to her <laughs> sister, she has, she's humbled me for the past 10 years of doing CrossFit. <laughs> so yeah, there's like one workout, I'll beat her and that's it. Yeah. When it comes up, I will definitely show up that day. <laughs> yeah, know your strength. Yeah, no, it, it's funny. It, it, it's true that a lot of guys um, struggle with that going in the gym, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of the women, like, they do kick their butts, you know, and it's definitely good, healthy, um, like it's humbling, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's good. And it's, it's kind of essential, like the hazing that you have to go through when you first start CrossFit, something you just kind of have to expect. You're going to get your yeah. butt kicked. So and it's healthy too. I think it, it's a, creates a great playing field where, because of the ability to scale workouts where you can be competitive, yeah. like, you know, you can be competitive against women or men in your class. Maybe you're not lifting the same weights but mm-hmm. it's still I think more fun to have that experience yeah absolutely absolutely yeah I think that you know God created two sexes for a reason because I think <laughs> that we <laughs> I think we really balance each other yeah. out well you know and and play into each other's strengths and all of that so it's it's I good think. it's not a bad thing that it's a male-dominated industry because there's some really incredible men who are a part of this industry for sure mm-hmm. um so on that same line um there's, it's no secret that you're admired in the CrossFit world for what you've accomplished, but I think more so for who you just are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, I, I read uh, one quote that what makes her so special is how hard she works. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody, Doug Chapman, I think said that, but, um, but I think it's more that um, Greg or Mike Canales, is that how you say his last yeah. name, who you, who you worked with? Mm-hmm. Um, he said one of the areas that we thought we could improve on is get, getting a little bit more of that killer instinct with Julie. <laughs> yeah. um, but she's just a kind, compassionate person, um, which, is, which is really cool. Um, but you obviously have a competitive nature in you. So my question is, being admired like that for who you are as an athlete, but also for who you are as a person. Um, what's that responsibility like for you and how do you, um, increase that impact so that you can make a, you know, a bigger difference Mm -hmm. on this world and in the industry? Well, I think you really nailed it on the head in that it's like being admired or having that platform is a huge responsibility and that's exactly how I see it. And I think, 
like you talked about being, you know, maybe being admired for athletic accomplishments versus who you are as a person. I think that they go hand in hand because if you're on that platform because of your athletic accomplishments, you have an ability to set an example for so many other people by not just how you perform, but how you act and how you carry yourself. And that's always been something that's been really important to me. Um, and I do, I see it as a huge responsibility. I think sometimes like when I'm stressed out or I feel like I have too much going on and I might think, Oh my gosh, sometimes I wish I could just come home like a normal person at like five <laughs> o'clock after work and just watch TV or like go work out and like go to bed or hang out or go watch dinner or whatever. And then I think, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't give up anything else I'm doing because I have such an amazing opportunity and such an amazing platform that, you know, I have this responsibility to try to use it the best that I can to try to help people and be some sort of um, guidance for people or inspiration for people in some way. And so that's really how I see it as a responsibility. And I think it pushes me to be so much better than I otherwise would be. I think that hmm. having that and knowing that people are counting on me or knowing that people look up to me, I think it makes me a better person. It makes me want to do more and work harder because I want to be able to say that I'm really using that platform in the best that I can. It's great. It is, it is great because I, I've seen, you know, there is some negativity and competitiveness and that kind of stuff in CrossFit. And I don't think there needs to be that. I mean, I, I just think that we're all in this. We're all trying to do the best that we can and um, listening to you talk and just reading about you and just how people um, do look up to you. I think there, there needs to be more people who, um, who, you know, take that platform really seriously and, um, and, treat it, treat it with the respect that it deserves. And so thank you for doing that. I just want to publicly say thanks for being such a positive influence in this industry. Oh, thank you. And yeah. I do think as a whole, we are really a unique community. And I think that even as the games has grown, I think we still in general have, uh, you know, the competitors are so nice to each other and really are genuinely best of friends and want to see the best for each other. Of course, you know, competition comes out and you want to win and you want to do your best in that setting. But in general, I think um, we're really lucky to be part of this community. Yeah, I love it. So we need to wrap up, but on that note, that's a great segue. And I didn't <laughs> talk to you about this earlier, but um, what is your fondest memory of you competing in the games? And so it doesn't even have to be a workout. Like mm -hmm. it'd be hanging out in the back tent, you know, an ice bath with whoever, you know, what's, sure. what's one or two of your fondest memories while competing? Okay. And well, then I have, I have one more question too after yeah. that. So, okay. okay. <laughs> I have my sort of my favorite competition memory, which I, I mean, there's so many great ones, but I think one of my favorites is the Camp Pendleton triathlon, mm -hmm. which was 2012. Mm -hmm. um, and it really was because it was that, you know, they announced this event. None of us really knew what it was going to be like. We were all a little nervous. Um, we didn't know, like, would we even be able to do this? It was very kind of scary. And, and so the whole event, I actually ended up running with Christy Adkins mm -hmm. and we had been, she was 
basically my first CrossFit friend. I call her my first CrossFit friend because we met at the regionals the first year I competed and then trained together a little bit and since then have been very close. And so I had trained with her a lot and we kind of found each other on the run course and I came up behind her and she was running like with this whole pack, a lot of guys. And she was kind of pulling them along. Like she would say, okay, we're going to run for 20 seconds. And they're like, okay. And then they would all run. And then they would like take a break and walk for a little bit. And so I joined their pack and then the rest of the event, um, sort of all the people, the guys started like dropping off by speaking of guys, the guys started dropping <laughs> off behind us. And it was just me and I for most of the remainder of the run. And, you know, she would go ahead for a while and then I would go ahead for a while. And we were always just kind of really cheering each other on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just such an amazing experience because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Um, and then I think we ended up finishing first and second as well. Um, awesome. And then my favorite, favorite memory, which I think in a completely different way, but my always my favorite memory of competition is still my Achilles um, injury and then doing the handstand walk afterwards. Mm-hmm. And like nothing – I think we'll ever come close to that feeling. It was just such a powerful moment with the whole community. Yes, it was. I was there. It was amazing. It was amazing. <laughs> that was crazy. It was. Very cool. Thank you for sharing. That is awesome. So I'm, so my last question is, what is, what's one habit that you do on a consistent basis that has been um, instrumental in your success? Hmm. Let me think. I mean, Besides working out on a regular basis, <laughs> um, I think some of the some of the habits that I do, I think one of the ones that I've really been big on this past, just this past year that has helped a lot is trying to start my day with some sort of movement. So, not, I don't know if I'm always going to be able to go to the gym, and I think there's something to be said for just getting your blood flowing in the morning. So, a lot of times I'll just do like five minutes on the bike and try to build up to a pretty intense pace the last minute or so, or do some, even if it's like 20 burpees or 25 burpees, um, or even like five minutes of yoga or stretching. I think that that really helps me set the tone for the day. And it doesn't have to be something that takes a lot of time. It's not like Mm -hmm. you have to wake up an hour early to go to the gym. Um, it'll just be five minutes. And I think that helps a lot. And even today, like I did a hundred burpees this morning, kind of knowing that I wasn't going to end up going to the gym later today. And, so it just makes your whole day a little bit better. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> burpees for time. Yeah, hundred burpees. Normally uh, I do fifty or twenty-five, but I figured, okay, I didn't work out yesterday, so I figured hundred. You make up for it, right? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, that's really, really awesome. We are so excited to have you on. Awesome. Gosh. Ugh. Uh, those are those are some good people uh, right there. That was a, a great, great interview. Uh, from Julie Julie and Clay. I love their perspective. Just like great, genuine human beings. Uh, we need more We need more people like that in our world for sure. Uh, so check out juliefouché.com. Uh, see what she's got going on. Uh, a lot of stuff. A re- Do you know what I really like? You know, we talk all the time about being busy. Here is somebody that is actually busy and making it work. You know what I mean? I get it. Like Business ownership is... Is brutal, uh, but you got to find a way to be productive. Being busy is not an excuse, but uh, Julie provides, you know, Julie does it with grace. I, I really appreciate that perspective for sure. So 
Check her out, juliefouché.com. Additionally, some of the things we talked about at the top of the show, you got to be, you got, you want to check out Hub, 321goproject.com slash Hub. It is 10 bucks for your first month. Check out the courses. It's like an online MBA in owning a business. There are templates there that you can download. All yours, unlimited yours for the taking. Uh, so 10 bucks for your first month. Get in there. If you are a member of the Hub, Right around the corner, we have our hub gathering in Charleston, South Carolina. Get on it. November 17th through the 19th, we are focused exclusively on execution. We don't need to learn anything else. We've got a ton of knowledge. You've got the hub. You've got all those courses there. You've got the best minds in marketing, creating Facebook courses for you. You don't need to learn anymore. You need to start doing So that's what this is all about. This is about execution and accountability. So join us. November 17th to the 19th, Charleston, South Carolina. It's going to be fun. It's going to be educational. Uh, It may be difficult. I get it. It's going to be a sacrifice to be there. But it's through sacrifice that the success becomes that much better. So also a big thank you to our partner, InBodyUSA, for helping bring you today's show. Check them out, InBodyUSA.com. Email me if you got any questions about it. Email John. His email is in the show notes. They are offering to pay your first month's payment in a 24-month, 0% payment plan. They're going to extend your warranty for another year for free. So check it out, InBodyUSA.com. And lastly, folks, I love talking with people like Julie Fouché. I love the guests that we have coming up. I love the guests that we've had. But... We need to let them know that you're listening, that you subscribe to the show, that you leave us a review. That's how we get the good guests on here. That's how we get all these awesome people to come on the show. So just take two seconds. Take two seconds to uh, head over to iTunes, search for the podcast, tab over to ratings and reviews, and throw us some five stars. Let us know what you think, and let us know who you want to have on the show, and we'll get them on. So thanks for listening, gang. Thanks for leaving a review. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing with a friend. And thanks for letting me talk with so many awesome people. Really appreciate you. Talk to you next week.